This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the Dolomite of Formula One podcast. My name is Luke and I'm joined as always by my partner in little, literal crime, Tim. How are you doing? Uh, I have avoided uh, the sheriff this week since I did shoot him, uh, but I didn't shoot the deputy. So, you know, literal crimes are being committed, but it's okay because we're not caught yet. Yeah, you know, um, Jamaica does not have an extradition treaty with the United States. Don't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. For the second week in a row, Luke has crushed the opener right on the get. So oh, two for I two, came, baby. You're two for two. I came in uh, a little bit more prepared than I was last week mentally. Uh, I kind of zenned out and I prepared myself for this to go well. So... Here we are. We got done with a race in Qatar, and of all the races I've seen, that was one of them. That <laughs> that was one. It did have its excitements. It had to, it had its up moments. The track didn't do anything for me. No, um, but it did have interesting dive bombs. It, it did have interesting mm-hmm. one or two passes. Had some interesting tire explosions. Uh, let, 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 do you want me to start with my hot take since you've already brought it up? Yes. I told Tim I would have a hot take. He doesn't know what it is. No, okay? I don't. I'm going to say this, and you're going to go, but, 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 I think Qatar is my least favorite track on the entire calendar. No. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. I am sitting here so shocked and appalled. That's a fake. That's a fake. Yes, it is. I like okay because usually you'd say that and I know you're thinking okay but Sochi right and here's my here's my argument okay uh no this is far worse than so- Sochi so- Sochi has that is actually my that I am I am so underwhelmed by that you <laughs> built this up to be like I'm gonna tell you a thing well, I, gonna, I gonna, thought gonna... I thought you were gonna be like but Sochi but France because we slag on those all the time but here's the thing no, this is so much worse so- Sochi has that long turn three that's kind of interesting runs through the Olympic uh, site that's kind of interesting France has the Mistral Strait which is kind of interesting that turn after it which is pretty interesting I mean like even the bad tracks have something like semi-noteworthy of, like, if they, you can't pass on them, they have something noteworthy in, like, the features or the characteristics of the track, right? You know what I, and you know what I usually think uh, when they're at those places is, like, France, for instance. Yeah. I'll see tire marks in the uh, other bits of the track where they're passing through, and I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder what car was testing right there right. that, you know, ate that corner so hard. Um, so you think other things. Or in Sochi, it's just like, wow, I wonder how long it's going to take. Uh, before the uh, Russian Olympic, you know, items that they build fall apart. Um, uh, they already are, except yeah, for the except for the ice dome. That's a KHL stadium, and it's still being used. And the KHL is awesome. Anyway, but like, is is that the one Yammer Yager's in? Uh, so uh, Yager right now is in the Czech league. He partially owns a team, and he's like forty nine, I think, and still playing. He is. <laughs> Might be fifty. I'm sorry, at this point. that guy's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so as an aside, uh, Yarbir Yager is a legendary NHL player, and the dude played until I think his age forty five season. Which for the NHL man, you start to drop off in your late twenties, right? Like it yeah. is a brutal sport on your body. Uh, and he like. One of the top uh, top five players all times in terms of points, uh, goals, assists, and. Uh, Dude is just ancient, and he's still playing out there in the Czech leagues because he just likes to play. Anyway, That's as I was all. saying— But, but yeah, no, I, I expect there, it to go full Chernobyl and just melt down there, so I yeah. always think, huh— that's interesting. At Qatar, I think nothing. There, there, there's just nothing to the track. Like, that's a lot of desert. There could have been stands there. Right. There's there's nothing. There's no interesting corners. No. There's no interesting like features. Right. Whereas no. like. There's not an interesting feature in Bahrain either in terms of, like, you're in the middle of the desert. But you can say, okay, but, like, it's a good track to pass on. 
right? Yeah. It's, it, 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 well, yeah. And, you know, they're, they're the two straights uh, that are there, the front stretch and back stretch, the three straights are actually pretty pretty good, yeah. right? Um, there's just no interesting features, no in- interesting, like, exterior features in terms of, like, oh, it's set in the mountains. There's no on-track action that it produces. There's not even really a fun corner on it. Maybe the three corners that are right-handers that are, you know, punch lift, punch lift. But yeah. That was just a track. Like, it was a series of corners. It was... <laughs> It was. It had corners. It was a thing. Um, it it did yield some very uninteresting. Uh, though it was an uninteresting weekend as a whole. Unfortunately, I think it goes with our theme this year, which I feel like is emerging, where it's boring but consequential. Yes. It, so it's been that, like that since since uh, Monaco. Correct. It's been like that since Monaco, where the you know the most consequential things happen at the most boring tracks. Mm-hmm. So Max came into the weekend. And under in the qualifying uh, session, uh, ignored a double yellow flag and got a penalty. Yeah. So he so Lewis started first, uh, and Max started seventh. So there was quite a bit uh, to overcome. So that set the stage yeah. nicely for some drama. Which, by the way, that five place grid penalty might have made a difference near the end of the race, but the qualifying lap that Lewis set. The qualifying lap was a bludgeoning, and you 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 and I were talking before the show. You saw that it was. Actually, an older engine, right? Yeah, so this was not the Brazil engine. This was the previous engine. So they're keeping their powder dry. Yeah. And uh, Lewis, no matter what Max did, still pulled out half a second. And it was it happened a lot in qualifying. It was Q2, he did it, and then Q3, it happened twice. Yeah, well, and even if Max improves a good amount uh, on that last lap, which didn't count because, of course, Pierre Gasly blew up his tire, you know, 10 feet before the finish line, uh... Let's suppose he pulls something insane and improves like a full tenth or something, right? He's still getting, I mean, absolutely violated. Four tenths of a second still, right? Like, there's there's, okay. there's nothing he could have done. It's a bit graphic. He, he got beat up. He didn't get that beat up. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> violated? Go, okay, get your mind out of the gutter, all right? <laughs> Max got beat, Anyway, all he right? Anyway, got, he got beat. It was a, it was a pretty good beating. Um, but that... Is the boring part? Uh, it was processional from there. Uh, it he led, led Lewis led the whole race. Um, yeah, and uh, not to spoil anything because uh, I know we haven't done a reverse grid walk in a while, but um, Lewis won. In uh, second place came Max Verstappen, who made his way back up from seventh. He in did, a, in a, and he he actually did pretty well. Uh, it was a lot of undercutting and one or two passes. He had he a did, great well, launch. To he start did the have race a really well. good launch. Yeah, um, but. That is not my focus. The reason I am positive about this weekend as a whole was because your driver of the year. Because my driver of the year got a podium, the first podium for Fernando Alonso since 2014. Alonzo, Alonso, <laughs> well done, old man Alonso. Do you it was that? a great thing to, for me to watch because I know that he got bumped up a little bit. He had an incredible qualifying for mm-hmm. that car. He outperformed the daylights of that car. Yeah. Fernando Alonso is the Yammer Yager of for, of racing. <laughs> he is old man is effective. Maybe not as effective as he once was, but he's effective. <clears throat> that talent is still there. He still drove the nuts off of it, and they we, still play the team game. We're where... happily eating crow from season one of our podcast. <laughs> Are we though? Oh, we slagged we slagged him so hard. But were we wrong? I mean, yeah, kinda. We thought that he wouldn't be good enough at Renault. Our our prediction there was wrong, but I don't think why we were slagging him off was wrong. 
because I think, and and here's the thing, I actually have uh, thrown this out because I, I was originally of your mind where I thought we've been really too hard on him. Oh my God, this guy's great. Because and I actually went to the Formula One subreddit. I'm like, I feel really differently. And someone said, I think you were right in both instances. Because in the early part of his career, that was one toxic dude. Yeah. He did everything. He was ruthless. I and think, now he's come back and he realizes the value of a team and he wants to bring something to it and build something. I think I think that was one of our overall takes. I, I if I memory serves me, and you can uh, you can tweet us at Formation Up One One if you remember this us talking about Fernando. Oh throw or throw a brick through our window with your note attached. Third from the left. Uh ignore the Brad Thompson signs. Anyway, but uh like he I think that was our main takeaway was I think I said something along the lines of like he's a world talented he's a talented driver, world class driver, but like he's not gonna help the team because he's only going to bring drama. He's going to politically ruin everything because he's done that a lot. And you have to remember too, when he announced he was going to Renault, which now Alpine, right? Uh the thought was Renault at the time was a disaster piece of a team in terms of internal drama, and you're just opening the door to more? Because it would be the bull. I am interested to see how that goes in Drive to Survive. Because <laughs> you you haven't heard a whole heck of a lot about that. He's been quite, he's been quite quiet. quiet, hasn't Pretty he? Uncharacteristically so. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't exactly call him one to talk outside of school, but that's a lot. Yeah. But, um... But I so so were so, we right or were we wrong? Because I think I think we, I, we were, were right both times. I think we were eighty percent right, but the twenty percent were eating crow on. Because I okay. said this would be a disaster, but I think the reasons I said it would be a disaster were at the time very accurate. <laughs> and I know this is me going, well, but, but, but like, dude, you could. Here's my thing about hindsight, right? Is people will go and they'll be like, "Ah, oh, dude, you had this so wrong," and it's like, okay, but one hundred percent of the information we had at the time pointed to it being a disaster. Yeah. So, like, how can you analyze it differently? You would be dumb so, if you predicted this. Right. And so I'll I'll eat a little crow on the prediction, but I won't on our assessment of him and his past. Okay, our prediction was wrong. Our assessment was right. Correct. Okay. And so, and so But I am thrilled yeah. uh, with the race that he had. Uh, Alpine still playing the team game where Ocon played a little bit of defense and kept Sergio at bay. <laughs> Um, key, key, key word there being a little. It was a little. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it was not. For, it was not hungry. Yeah, Fernando but, gets on the radio and goes, "Tell, tell Esteban to defend like a lion." Yeah, and that lasted like two hundred meters. Yeah, it it, uh, it didn't go well. Um, but it still happened a little bit, and they were still trying. Yeah, and that for me is still a good thing. Here's a t- statistic for you. There have been 336 podiums uh, between uh, Max, Lewis, and Fernando Alonso. This is the first time the three of them have ever shared a podium in 336. Would you like to know another statistic? Go for it. This is the first podium that Fernando Alonso has had since Max Verstappen started his Formula One career. That's wild, isn't it? Yep. That's he has not had one since Max started. That's wild. That's insane. It it is. Yeah. I, this is one of the great what ifs of Formula One. I think is is what if Fernando Alonso in his early half of his career? I mean, it's just early three quarters of his career, seven eighths. I mean, if his if for the chunk of his career, what if he wasn't as toxic and created that kind of environment? I don't know if he created it, but he was certainly a part of it because it followed him, right? It was a consistent issue, right? And what if 
he was easier to work with or that he had a better environment around him. Or if he was more of a team guy. Yeah, how many how many more championships? championships? You got to think of at least three. a couple. Yeah. Three. Yeah. He I think he would have won the Ferrari ones. I for sure. I think so. Um, he would have been a god. But asking Ferrari to the Tifosi. <laughs> take 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 Fernando out of the picture. Ask Ferrari to create a competent team environment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because uh, you know who their last world champion was, Kimi. Kimi, <laughs> still Kimi. Kimi, the one guy who doesn't harbor a toxic work environment because he doesn't talk to anybody. Well, no. Well, he, he does. Uh, he just communicates only the exact amount of words required to get the point across. It, and not one more. Exactly. No, there was that one uh, uh, book written by the uh, McLaren mechanic who, uh, Mark Elvis Presley. Uh, Priestley. Um, so if anybody, Mark Elvis Presley? No, they, they call him Elvis. Okay. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to, you should definitely go read that book. He has some really fun anecdotes about Kimmy mm-hmm. um, where they're like, he, he, he literally is that way. Mm-hmm. Where if he is not racing or drinking, he's asleep. And they often, when they were packing up the garage, had to check under tables to make sure he wasn't asleep under it. <laughs> like, like that's how committed this guy is to just sleeping. Um, so, and, you know, he's Sleep one of those Kimmy. guys where it's just like, I just want to race. Get, get out of my face. I want to go. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was their last champion. Uh, Fernando could have done better, but that was the wormhole. I was really, I was overjoyed to see him on the podium, to see all that emotion come out and how long he's waited. It wasn't a win, but it was a third place, and hey, good for him. I'm thrilled for his comeback. Uh, finally, my uh, model is on the way uh, from the F1 store. Um, Thanks, supply chain. <laughs> yeah, well, no, and they I don't even think they refunded me for my uh, Aston Martin mug that I bought. They just said, oh, sorry, we're race fans. We get your devastation, but uh, it won't be coming. I'm like, great, where's my refund? <laughs> And thanks, in, F1 Store. Yeah, thanks, F1 Store, for your great customer service. Hey, I was drinking out of my Haas and I have my Rich Energy Haas F1 mug today, all right? <laughs> Did you really? Friend of the show, Bob, was like, all right, I got something for you. <laughs> Bob? Yeah. My Bob? Yeah, your Bob. Oh, my also God. Also, my Bob. It's our Bob. Was, it's our Bob? I was like, <laughs> our Bob? Yeah, our Bob. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, God, I love that. Yeah, guy. they got, they got some, they got some. <laughs> Love him too bad, but they got hey, they got plenty of uh rich energy Haas F1 mugs. I'm sure they're sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Uh, no supply chain issues with those. Christina recently asked me what the rich energy cans in my office were, and I'm like, ah, let me tell you a story. <laughs> let me regale you with let the me tale. regale you with the tale. If you'd like to know what we're talking about, please go refer to our earlier episodes, uh, where we actually got our hands on some rich energy. Yes, we had a taste uh, from test from our super producer, uh, Dylan. Uh, we had a taste test. It was basically really old Red Bull. <laughs> it tasted <laughs> it was, like gasoline. It did taste like gasoline. It's like, oh, great. Uh, it's nice to know that uh, you guys left this in a hey. Tank so speak. So speaking of uh, speaking of uh, of Haas, all right, uh, Schumacher up an entire lap on Mazepin. Mazepin, man. Yeah, he lapped. He lapped Nikita. <laughs> How bad does it have to hurt to get get lapped in a Haas yeah. by your teammate? Dude, the, the Haas can't even like I that. The guy, it, it's I, one thing if it's like a Red Bull where it's like, man, if you if your car is just off, man, the Red Bull is quick enough to where you can lose a lot of time, right? Yeah. The Haas can't get much slower on its optimum day, right? Yeah. Like how much slower? And I don't think he got that boned by anything out no. there. So it was just on raw pace alone that Shumi uh, lapped him. Yeah. Um, but oof, 
I tell you, I mean, I, I like that, this Schumacher kid. He's going to be I fun like to him, watch that, to watch that, next year. That oligarch money, man, I'm telling you, that's what's keeping hey, him in that seat. Hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? This has become hey, a discussion. Italian Jesus is out next year yes. because of stuff like that. Yeah. And Guan Yu Zhou is now in. That was another headline that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guan Yu Zhou is going to be the other driver. Uh, he brings massive money from Chinese China. sponsors in China. Yeah. Um, and he actually has some decent talent. Also, I'll say that. Decent? I don't think think that he has the talent to be able to be like, he needs to be your guy out of Formula 2. He's been in Formula 2 for a while. He has been in there for a while. It's not like Callum Eilat or, you know, the other, you know, ferociously talented guys that have come up through there, like, uh, you know, Lando, Charles, yeah. uh, George, obviously. Um, but he's not, I wouldn't say he's undeserving. And okay. he does yeah. come with a lot of Chinese money, and that's fine. But I think he is—he does have a talent. There's a reason Maybe. he's been in both the Ferrari and the Renault Driver Academy. Maybe Lance Stroll 2.0, where it's like it's like he comes with a lot of money, and like, eh, yeah, it definitely helped him get him there a lot. But like, man, Lance Stroll is talented enough to be on the grid. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's Lance Stroll plus one or two points. Okay, um, yeah. talent-wise, I think he's he's right around. He's there thereabouts. Um, he's uh, I would, yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd be kind of happy with that. I'd say he's uh, he's kind of Latifi too. Yeah, Latifi's not bad. Um, no, Latifi's but, not bad uh, at all. <laughs> but Mazepin, whoo, <laughs> that boy's bad. Uh, yeah, I was gonna oh, say was yeah, cool Mazepin is legitimately just bad. That was a like, cool waveform too on the computer right there. <laughs> whoo, <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, this is something that pops up every time is is people talk about pay drivers and um, this it, it's interesting because this actually popped up uh, in my. Uh, my other line of work in racing where, uh, you know, we talk about drag dragsters and, uh, one of, uh, a top fuel guy left, uh, Don Schumacher racing, uh, Ron Caps left Don Schumacher and people are like, we need this guy or this guy or this guy should be driving this car. And it's like, but those guys don't come with funding. Right. Right. So like, guys, come on. And like, I feel like that's the unofficial slogan of this podcast. And I was like, I feel like it's the unofficial slogan of racing everywhere. Cause it happens even at the pro mods that I announced for, it's like, okay, but this guy brings in, you know, a hundred grand of sponsorship per year. Right. When, you know, you're looking at a budget of, of you know, $1 million or more, that's that's good, right? $500,000 of sponsorship is great. Exactly. At a certain point, man, there's, pay driver is such a gray, like, it's not black and white, man. Everybody is shades of gray. Right. Like, even, even Lewis, bring, who obviously brings in a lot of money because he wins a lot. Right. Lewis brings in... Tons of sponsorship that helps offset Mercedes costs. Max does. Checo is legitimately one of the most well-funded drivers in like the modern era. Uh, Checo Perez is. Is he a paid driver? Well, he doesn't have a rich dad, but I don't think Carlos Slim does anymore. But he has a ton of you know wealthy Mexican sponsors. So in a way, like I just it, yeah. like I just Lando. Lando had rich parents. I think pay driver is just such a weird concept to me because like it. It happens, and I get that, like, yeah, dude, there's a term for when you have a Nikita Matsupin, right? Right. But do you think do you think that do you think that Mick Schumacher doesn't bring in a ton of money like Nikita Matsupin brings in? And that's well, not like that. I don't I, know. The thing is, it's the oligarch money. It, it so there, it's yeah. he could just buy that team outright. I think, and I think he has. Oh, I think so too. But you know, the other thing is. It, it's so tough because I think that for a certain amount of talent, it's okay. For but when there's not, 
Yes. That's a real issue. And I think pay driver is just slang term for somebody who has a lot of money but isn't talented. Right. Whereas if you bring a lot of money and are talented, uh, how often do people think of Lando Norris as a pay driver? Never. Never. But, but he technically, was. he yeah, he brings a lot of money to the table. He has some rich parents. I, I don't know. That's a that's an off-season discussion. And you know who else was a very famous pay driver? Who? Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda was a pay driver as well. Yeah. So, uh, but neither here nor there. Yep. Nikita definitely shouldn't be on the grid. No. Um, no. Uh, one of our one of our drivers. One of the big stories this weekend. Valtteri Botas blows his tire up in lap. I think it was thirty three. Mm. Uh, he or grabs a DNF. Uh, Jazz DNF after retiring on lap 48. Bummer. Valtteri Botas, he had a quote today that was basically, yeah, it was just another day in the office for me. And, like, it just, it, Pirelli said, hey, ooh, that was a nice little pop. Pirelli said, like. Look at that wave Yeah. He said, they said, these will last 30 laps. And they go kaboom on, like, lap 33. And I just think of that Arthur meme with, like, DW going, like, well, that won't stop me because I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, some of them weren't lasting that long. Like, Lando Norris came out and was talking about, you know, hey, this is bad. Well, and if they say it's going to last 30 laps, they don't mean it blows up on lap 31. They just mean, like, it's going to fall off a cliff in terms of performance. And you can drive it for 50 laps maybe, but... You know, like yeah, you're not going to be, gonna be f- but you're yeah. not going to be fast. Right. Thirty three is not too much. It's not too long after the thirty lap mark for it to be going kaboom. However, uh, those curbs, those big green curbs that MotoGP uses, them's brutal. Th- that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, they they hurt. Yeah. So one of my one of my favorite little things in the MotoGP games, which I would recommend if you're a fan of the uh, the F1 games, the MotoGP games are really good. They. Uh, they man- managing your team is a fun aspect to that, and you can actually buy your own like junior team and control that. Anyway, but uh, one of my favorite things in the MotoGP game, and something I like remembered as I was watching this race, is if you go wide onto the green curbs, the green curbs are big enough that they'll chuck your back wheel up, and they will like launch your like they'll like bounce your back tire up and huh. get you wobbly or buck you off the bike. Nice. <laughs> so like, that, like that sounds uncomfortable in real in real life. Yeah. So imagine what they do to an F one car, which is bigger, oh, yeah. but like rattle your bones. Yeah. That's that's why Valtteri yeah. blew up. But it's just it's it's an uncharacteristic, but also characteristically Mercedes mistake to make this year. Yeah. Over well, the last decade, not very Mercedes. Uh, over the last year, very Mercedes. Yeah. They've they've there's been a drop off in their uh, decision making abilities, but you know three laps. Yeah. That, that it shouldn't have blown up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but we'll see. Pirelli did warn them though. They they warned them. They I'm were, not faulting Pirelli either. I, yeah, I won't fault Pirelli either. Um, they said, I'll, yeah, I'll leave them alone on that one. They said pretty clearly, one stop not viable. Exactly. Although Pirelli has done something, I just just recently noticed they have uh bike tires now, like site like road bike really? tires. Yeah, and they're P zeros. Yeah. Okay. They're awesome. And I'm like, oh my god, Formula One stuff on my cycling stuff. This is great. We'll have to we'll have to do a uh, we'll have yeah. to do a tire review. Uh, we'll see. Let me write. We need first. to do an entirely serious tire review where you just talk about like so this is like a three millimeter tread and like you're like like briefly like lick the tire and see what you have here is a compound now blended. 
entirely straight laced, but ridiculously minute, minute you and want useless me to be a information. Tire Somalia? Is that what you wanted me <laughs> yes! to be? Oh my yes, god! Like, okay, like a like a wine tasting video, except it's tires. And you're like, like you see this uh, this this certain rubber blade was uh, harvested in the forests of Congo. It's a 2016 select blend. So the, there are only <laughs> two ac- two accents that I would trust uh, for. Get you know, telling me about like automobile tires. It's either tell you what there, bub. Those those them tires right there. They're gonna last you about twenty thirty laps. Then they're gonna be about done. Um, or oh, the Germans, yes, they want to tell you all about the tires. Oh. These will last a very precise amount of time. You must be off them by then. Yes. So, okay. So yeah, do that German accent and become oh, yeah. a tire sommelier. No, we're gonna film this. We're gonna film this. <laughs> God help me. If you'd like to see this happen, please tweet at us. I am at TimSTLF1. He is at FormationLab101 on Twitter. There we, we, go. we can go into the infield at, at Gateway, you know, where the uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. Uh, we could go to the infield, you know, where the uh, between turns three and four, where there's a lot of grass. We can have like a nice little uh, a tasteful table and tent set up where it's going to look so top gear. <laughs> uh, old top gear, the, be- the last time top gear was good. Um, okay, well, the Grand Tour is anyway. just the better Top Gear, so it's fine. Ah, it's done. I know, I know. It's over. The boys are done. Uh, oh, well. So, oh, well, moving on. Uh, Pierre Gasly had a had a weekend, didn't he? I felt so bad for him. I know. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, so he starts P2 after, of course, uh, after, of course, first stop and gets dropped five points. Which he is just outperforming the Daylights out of that Alpha Towery. Yeah, well, the Alpha Towery is one of the most secretly crap cars out there. It's a good. It it's good in certain situations. Yeah, but Pierre is just it's, out of his mind. But like, yeah, well, when you think about the Alpha Towery, you think about like like when I think about the McLaren, I think about like okay, that's a car that sneaks in fourth or fifth. But when Lando or Danny puts it up, they can get it. The, you know, onto the podium, and uh, they can luck into a win, but, like, that's a competitive car. When I think about the Alpha Tauri, I think about, okay, that's a car that can sneak up, sneak up into, like, eighth, may- maybe seventh. But then I realize I'm just thinking about Pierre Gasly driving that car. That, I'm not thinking about right. the car. I'm thinking about Pierre Gra- Gasly's drives. So you're saying Yuki Sonoda is a better barometer of the talent of that car? I believe so. Okay. Because when I start to really Cause, analyze cause he crashes it, an awful lot. I think that's the third worst car on the grid. Hmm. I think it's between that and the Alpine. I think the Alpine's a, be- a slightly better car. Do I you? I think the Alpine's a better car. The only one it's better than I would say is the Alfa Romeo and the Haas. I am stunned that the Alpine has had so many reliability issues this year. Are you? Yes. It, it's interesting that it They've, has that because it's such a radically different design. Right. It is. A, <laughs> the airbox is a, is a radically different design, but the engine is still an issue. Yeah, I think they did that design to get it more air because cooling was an issue, and that's why a lot of failures happened. Uh, but they still didn't; you know, they still haven't cracked it. Um, yeah, but they are doing better this year, which is good to see. Um, but I, I just, you know, of the ten teams, Alpha Tauri, I'd say is solid mid pack still. I think they're, I think they're falling to the lower end of the mid pack. Now, don't are get they? me wrong; they're closer to the mid pack than they are to. I th- Heaven forbid, Haas. I think this year it's better than the Aston Martin. Hmm. All right. Well, 
We'll we'll have to get back on our year end review is going to be interesting. It it really is actually. Yeah. I I was going through my old Google uh, sheets and I I found all of our old preseason predictions. Ah, so we're going to go baby. back and eat crow, baby. All righty. Hey, pull up the standings real quick. Let's see where they're sta- where they're at. Yeah. So uh, real quick like though, instructor, not. Yeah. So real quick though, uh, let's talk uh, really quick about uh, Danny Ricardo and uh, Checo Perez getting bounced out in Q two. <sighs> Uh, I just, I genuinely don't know what to make of that. Yeah, so Checo Perez gets bounced uh, with a 122-346, so two-tenths off of Vettel's uh, Q2 time. It it just, it hurt. right? Like, And that was probably, I would say, maybe the biggest shock of the weekend for Ad- me. Admittedly, I didn't get to watch all of qualifying, so I'm unclear as to why that happened. Was that just genuine pace he couldn't find? Genuine pace, and then he said something about, like, hey, we got thrown out at, like, a bad time, but he had a pretty dang open track. Mm. Like, he was like, we couldn't have found much worse, and it's like, okay, but, like, on your on your onboard, I can't see another car. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you had a little dirty air, but even if you had dirty air... You're a Red Bull man, like a well, Red Bull, or and maybe it would have been hel- helpful to punch a hole. Yeah, to follow a little bit more traffic. Yeah, either way, man, a Red Bull in dirty air or getting a toe, uh, or without a toe, should be hypothetically better than. I, I mean, what was that, that in qualification? Fourteenth, I think. Well, or was that? Danny I'm just Wright? thinking about like it, it should be better than an Alpha Tauri that got into Q3. It should be better than uh, Alpine that got into oh, Q3. And it's, and it's not the Alpha Tauri; it's Yuki Sonoda's. Yeah, Alpha Yuki Sonoda's Alpha Tower. Yeah, you got beat by Yuki. Should be better than the man who Aston said, Martin. I don't know why they resigned me. I crashed their car all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that guy. Uh, should be better than, you know, Seb Vettel's Aston Martin. Yes, I would agree. Uh, like, even in Dirty Air, even with those extenuating circumstances, it, I can't see. But Here's, the same thing can be said of Daniel Ricciardo. Now, I didn't get to see his last run. It, the McLarens were just. Like, they were just. Not there this weekend. Not there. This yeah. is one of those McLaren kind of. They're gods, and then they're meh, and they've been meh for a few races now, and I just think that's the schedule and their car shaking out how it's going to be. Here's the here's the thing, all right, is uh, this is the next step that they have to take if they're going to be a title challenger in the next decade, right? Is what what is... So you can get third or fourth in Constructors' Championship, right? And that's good. But what's the difference between the guy who gets third and the two teams at the top right now? It's that every bleeping week, Max and Lewis, the number one drivers on each of those teams, are in it. And by God, when's the last time you've seen a mechanical DNF for them? When's the last time you've seen them go like, not just, hey, this isn't their strongest track, so they finished in second. But when's the last time you saw them go, man, they are just leapfrogged by two or three teams because they can't figure this track out. It's true. So because you have to get leapfrogged by uh, Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, so you have to work. You that's the next thing they have to address is we have to address. It, McLaren has to address this race to race this that or the discrepancy. other discrepancy. Right. And right. I, I it's not the it's not the fault of McLaren. Well, it kind of is, but it's something that every other team on the grid has to deal with. So it doesn't shock True. me that they're dealing with it because the same thing happens to Ferrari. That's why they just leapfrogged them in the points. Right. Um, so let's go over. You're talking about Constructors' Championships. I was just saying because uh, their nearest competitor, uh, Ferrari, did uh, finish 7th and 8th uh, pretty well. Yeah. Ten yeah. points in the bag. So where do we stand? Uh, so right Ferrari now. Ferrari just, 
jumped McLaren Mercedes. Yes, so Ferrari jumped McLaren Mercedes. They are up by 39.5 points. Uh, as well, Mercedes is up by five points exactly over Red Bull for one and two, Ferrari for three, four, McLaren. Alpine and Alpha Tauri. Alpine is a 137. Alpha Tauri is at 112, so a discrepancy of 25 points. Aston Martin is at 77. They're kind of in a no man's land. Uh, Williams is at 23, also in a no man's land because the next closest is Alpha Romeo at 11, and Haas still with a big goose egg. And so that's why I would say I would put Alpha Tauri, or yeah, I would put Alpha Tauri above the Williams, above the Haas, above the Alpha, and and I'm just about right with above Aston Martin as well. Uh, I think it's a superior car. They've got a more total package that can be banged in every single weekend than Aston Martin does. Okay, I'll give you Williams. I just, I think, I just, I just like the Aston Martin a little better. I think I like it better. I think, I think there are some hidden flaws. I think the the Alpha Tauri hides it very well, though. It's it's like I said, it's secretly a turd. Could be. As compared to a wide open stinky turd, this is but like a got, little mouse turd that like, oh yeah. man, it was under my is you know, under the server rack. Oh ooh. it's not a dog turd in the middle of a hallway. It's a, it's like a mouse turd under a server rack. It's there, it's hidden. It but it still it still exists. Okay. All right. I'll agree that, to disagree. <laughs> that's okay. And that's okay, everybody. This is what happens when we can disagree but still like and respect each other. Anyway. But uh, so here's a stat for you, and yes. I'm curious as to when the last time this happened is. I don't have the know-how or the time to find this one. I'd have to go back and manually scrape every single qualifying. Uh, seven teams made it into Q3. Seven. I don't That's know when the last time that may, that happened is. Because um. the only teams that were entirely out in Q3 uh, was Williams... Uh, was uh, Haas Which actually and surprises was, me given and was given George's Alpha. abilities? Yeah, yeah. But they've stopped developing that car they, for sure. They very well have. But and ever a- since George announced his move to Mercedes, he has been completely radio silent. He has. Yeah, I haven't heard a word from. I him. think that's Mercedes being like, "Okay, here's what you need now to do: just lock up. down, don't say a word." <laughs> yeah, just shut up. Um. So, ugh. and then I think uh, too. I think too. Part of that is George doesn't want to create anything for Mercedes because Mercedes is in such a tense situation right now. Right. Like, Mercedes does not need to deal with, even if it's a little joke, Toto Wolf does not need to be like, huh, yeah, that was a funny comment right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what I'm saying? Like, Toto does not need to be asked about it. Toto's like, shut up! I need to to find Christian Horner, and I need to kill him and leave him in a ditch. (laughs) I'm going to find him and kill him. I'm the Terminator. I think that's that's one other thing I want to get at, uh, yeah. which we've talked. We we should also talk about Mercedes rear wing. But uh, are you as sick of Christian Horner as I am? Oh yeah, <laughs> like oh yeah. Say what you will about Toto, but Toto was very PR friendly in in victory, and he was like, "Well, this is a good team, and you know we have we've built a very capable car, and Lewis is one, to, you know, gonna be the best driver of all time, and uh, we really work hard as it." Yeah, Christian Horner is just. He is so unlikable in victory right now. I I I'm honestly you think bordering he's the on F1 like one version of a Karen. I think he is. Okay. <laughs> like uh, I just he's he's a bad winner and a bad loser. I don't yeah, know how he's capable I, of being both, but he is. <laughs> he he has that element of cheekiness 
Um, and but like, there's cheeky, but then there's not self-aware cheeky, and I think yeah. he's not self-aware of how he comes across. And the thing is, though, is that he can also be a really cool interview and a really cool dude. Yes. And it kills me to know that he can be that, and he's still this. Where it's like, I get that you're playing the team game. I get that you're playing politics and you're trying to, you know, win the battle off track as well. Yeah. But come on, man. Like, like when he said, "I don't have to, I don't have to uh, kiss, uh, I don't have to kiss Toto's ass and go go out to dinner with him." Right. It's like, like, it's like, dude, don't. It. You didn't would, have to make that comment. Right. <laughs> that was that was an unforced error. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Why are you taking, like, why are you just sending strays out here to, to Mercedes? Right, like, you know, don't be the Bobby Valentine of Formula One. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> For anybody that needs to know, go YouTube it, I promise you. You'll you'll hate that guy as soon as you watch the video. Yeah. But, you know, the I get he's trying to, you know, stir it up and, you know, get them off kilter. And he's done a good job of it so mm-hmm. far. Because Mercedes has been anything but on kilter. Yeah. So, but yes i'm sick of him uh and i I, i'm getting a little sick of toto too i I love toto i respect toto he like business wise he's a hero of mine i am too but i I think i'm over it i think toto would be less uh like would be less annoying if christian wasn't part of the picture because i think part of the reason that toto gets annoying is because he puts all these quotes is because these quotes come out and half of them are just half like a direct response to a question that was literally a direct quote from Christian Horner. You know what those two need? Couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Drive to Survival was interesting though. When they're both like walking up the stairs, and he goes, "You understand, I have to, I have to do this." And he goes, "Oh, I know, I know, you're playing the game, but it's a cool bit of engineering, isn't it?" And they're like, "Oh my god, it's awesome!" <laughs> like you get that they get it. Yeah. And but that's not what they need. Couple therapy would be hilarious. Um, maybe <laughs> if Drive to Survive, if F one Drive to Survive made them sit across from each other in an interview and be like, "Okay, you two. And they, they stealthily put they stealthily instead of the interviewer because I'm sure they don't know like the name of whatever interview you you can put, put anybody in, like, up Will there. In there. No, just just put a licensed couples therapist in there and tell the couples therapist they think you're an interviewer. But we need them to really just hash things out here because they were together and now they're angry at each other. And they just stealthily <laughs> instead of like instead of like Toto, your reactions. Yeah. You just stealthily be like, and Toto, how does that make you feel? <laughs> what do you think when he says that? Um, no, you know what they both need more? What do they both need? I've I learned from as a as a child okay. from Call of Duty that to put out one fire, you make a bigger fire next to it. So I think they need the reintroduction of some of our friends from the rich energy corner of Intrigue and Villain. Ooh, yes, still up. <laughs> still still up there. God bless them. Uh, I think they need back uh, VJ Malia. They do. Or uh, the the billionaire whose name I always forget. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. How much money you want to bet that the bigger fire is going to end up being Dimitri Matsipet? I can smell that. Uh, Dimitri or our buddy. The rich energy guy. Ooh, ooh, William Story. William Story. William Story. William Story might come back and be the bigger villain. Yeah. Um, but I, they need a heel and they need a fast. Because I, dude, I'm just, I'm so tired of Christian. I'm tired of Toto too. Honestly, like you said, Toto's a freaking business hero, man. The, the way in which he organizes a team is so like that's how Mercedes won. Yeah. Is because they rep, they didn't revolutionize the car. They really improved upon the car. They didn't revolutionize driving styles. They revolutionized how you run a racing organization. Correct. Uh, 
And, like, I love it, but guys, come on. This is, like, this is like watching a comic book where, like, the writer was just way too self-indulgent. It's like, dude, it's been, like, ten issues of, well, Batman, you don't know. And it's like, just shut up and make your point. <laughs> yeah, it's make the point. It's also, like. Don't be so verbose. I don't know. Well, it's it's too predictable. Yeah. It's like, you know, if if Red Bull wins, Red, you know, Christian will say something crummy about, you know, the other teams. If they lose, Christian will say something crummy and insinuate that someone's cheating. Um, Speaking of cheating, we need to get a Mercedes here as well. Yeah, with their with their wing. Let's go ahead. Okay, so Mercedes. Okay, so when you think about a wing, I have to explain this now. When you think about a rear wing, right? You think about like the one panel, but you know because it opens up because of DRS, those wings are actually two panels that go horizontally across the wing, right? Mm-hmm. The top wing is fine. They think that the bottom wing, the bottom bit of the wing on the Mercedes flexes too much under pressure, which is a little funny because if you will remember back into the start of this season, there was another team with a flexi wing issue that found a fun little legal loophole that has since been closed, and that would be one Mr. Red Bullington. Uh <laughs> We're not going to name any names. No. But their initials start with Red Bull. Yeah. And, yeah, now, it is an interesting thing to watch. And I still don't know the .4 millimeter. That's what bugs me. Yeah, so it's... it's you know, it's like the Jack, the Jack Reacher movie where it's like, you had it. It was perfect. But you added one more piece. Yeah. And that bugs me. Yeah, so it, so it flexes a little much. And the legality is questionable. Red Bull's like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to challenge it. We're going to challenge it. We're going to... But I don't think they've even officially challenged it at this point. Uh, and Mercedes seemed to have a better leg with Max's block last weekend to reopen it, and the FIA said no. Yes. That was interesting. That was interesting as well, which but, we know, talk, we talked about our appreciation for, to an extent, let him race, right? Like, right. I, like I understand that at a certain point, man, it gets egregious, but it's the, it's the title fight, and you can't let a title fight be dependent on penalties this that or the other right uh if it gets worse you're gonna have to correct guys but it hasn't gotten worse so long as it's just one incident it's one yeah. incident and didn't you also like make the point uh about like hockey in the playoffs where yeah. they are not calling anything yeah let them do if, if you're gonna win the championship in hockey or the in this case the stanley cup right the hardest trophy to win in sports they say or second hardest after funny enough another hockey trophy memorial cup if you want to look it up anyway um I still I had a debate with somebody that the Tour de France was harder to win. Uh, Memorial Cup in minor league hockey is uh, it is so it's a two month playoff in your league, right? And then you and three other leagues get together. So when you win that, you then add another two rounds of seven games. So it's a two and a half month playoff and then another month of playoff. So you have to win your league, and then you have to win the league of leagues. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's. It's the it's the NHL, it's just but three weeks, twenty eight hundred miles. I on know. A bike. But anyway, anyway, but yeah. what we're saying though is, uh, is in hockey, there's a thing where refs swallow their whistles in the playoffs because if it's egregious, we'll call it. But man, like you're gonna have to earn the Stanley Cup. That it has a bit of a name to it, and we don't want this Stanley Cup winner to be decided because I blew my whistle at this time and didn't blow it at the. Unless you're taking somebody's head off. You know, 
or you're fighting, literally fighting, do what you want. You can maybe throw a little elbows that I would have called you in the regular season, but what have you, right? Right. I think that's kind of where the stewards came down on was, let's suppose the the moment, let's suppose it was reversed for a second, right? And, and Lewis pushed Max off, right? Mm-hmm. How cheap would it feel if... Lewis got a five-place points penalty. I know the Max fans are going, it wouldn't feel cheap at all because it would be deserved. Anyway, if Lewis got a five, like a five-place uh, penalty, right, or a 10, 15-second stop and go, right, and that was the championship, it's over, done. Right. I don't think that anybody watching wants a championship title fight decided by a 15-second penalty. No. And I think that's kind of why, and I know they didn't even investigate it. They should have at least investigated it, but like, I think that's part of it. Is they're like, yeah, look, if it becomes literally like we're going to wreck into each other every race from here on out, yeah, we're going to have to like, you know, sling some punishments out and they're going to be they're going to be fierce, right? right? But right now, you guys can go a little more elbows out than we want than normally because there's a championship on the line that isn't just this year. This is, you know, the, the end of an era. The end of an era. It's it's 7 8 years in the making. It's a decade of buildup. Like yeah. this is this is the culmination of like a, the last decade of Formula One, and I don't want to be the guy that inserts a fifteen second penalty into the culmination of a decade. That'll end in l- endless lawsuits. Yeah, yeah. So I think in a, in a way, I kind of appreciate they're like you know throw elbows up, but at, there is a certain point where you have to. And and, and is Lando the, and is the point four millimeters on the wing, is that something they need to lay off on? I think I think I I think the wing thing I think their wing was actually probably legal because if it wasn't if it was illegal Red Bull would have officially done something by now yeah, exactly. and they haven't I think the point four millimeters was just I think they said they had some kind of like loose screw that they didn't see yeah because if you're gonna cheat dude point four millimeters is nothing well and even then like what's that gonna get you one kilometer an hour or more I mean I get it it's a it's an advantage it's but an advantage it's not, but like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Right, and you know, if you're gonna really press that issue, then Mercedes probably should have pressed, you know, the issue with the more egregious thing. Yeah, um, anyway. I, I also, I also think too. By the way, um, part of the reason that they didn't investigate that, and they don't, one, they don't want to go back and be like, you can be punished in the next race for your transgressions in a previous race. That's that's a bad precedent. True. Uh, and I think too, stewards knew that Lewis was going to eventually get by Verstappen. I think we all did. Yeah. There's 20 laps left, and he was a second a lap quicker, mm-hmm. easily, right? Uh, so they're like, well, this will sort itself out because Lewis, if Max pushes him off again, sure. In three, and I believe Lando Norris said this coming into this weekend, he thinks that part of the reason is because there was a tarmac runoff. If it was a dirt runoff? Oh, boy. Right. We're going to we're gonna chuck some knucks here with penalties, right? Right. We're throwing knuckles. Uh, but it's a tarmac runoff, so... No harm, no foul, and Lewis will get past him in another, you know, two to three laps, which he did. Yeah, but if he got a 10-second time penalty added to him afterward, then that would bump him from second down to third. Yeah. And that would have been an issue with points. Yeah. Which it currently stands, uh, Max is ahead by five, I believe. Yeah, so uh, Max is, uh, excuse me, I burped there. Uh, Max is ahead by eight points, exactly eight points, uh, which is important. Uh, because, uh, as you, as you may well know, uh, I think it's 25 to 17. So like, yeah, you're, 
that's a that's about one two races worth of yeah. points. If it's first and second, Lewis and Max next weekend, yeah, we will go into Bahrain or not Bahrain. We will go yeah. to Abu Dhabi, tied. Uh, no, we will be. It'll be f- so you can get four points. You can get a four. Po- no, you can get a six point advantage. I'm doing my math wrong. My God. I know if it's currently eight points, and if it's twenty-five to seventeen, if Max or twenty-five to nineteen, it's twenty-five to nineteen. Twenty-five to nineteen. Yeah, oh, so, so six, six points. points. So Max, so Max so has if, to. If so it's one to the next two races, Lewis, Lewis wins. If it's one to the next two races, even if Max gets the fastest lap, Lewis wins. Right. If Max, if it's uh, one two uh, next weekend in, uh, in in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia It'll be uh, Lewis ahead by one point. Yeah, we should have we should have wrote the notes. On yeah, we should have written this down, but, but I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Yeah. but he'll be ahead by one point going into Abu Dhabi. Right. Um, and here's the thing: Lewis looks really strong going into these two races. If you thought that the high speed, that the high speed kind of medium to high speed corners and and long straight of Losail favored Mercedes, boy howdy! Brace yourself for whatever the heck. Is going on, in, it's Saudi going on Arabia. in Saudi Arabia. Here's the thing. Uh, like a week ago, it didn't look anywhere close to finish. Now it's looking pretty doggone good. Oh, hey, they must have some super effective workers. I bet they're compensated really well. <laughs> we are, of course, making light of the human rights violations uh, currently going on in Saudi Arabia and the, uh, no other word for it, slave labor yeah. um, that is happening. Also, not that the place we ra- just raced in is any better. Oh, no. UK tar. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, Hello, this, World Cup. As Formula One as a sport is very not good yeah. at. Uh, not it's not great at that. No, not great. Which, about by the way, props, props for Hamilton for going into Qatar and wearing the, With rainbow, the rainbow helmet. helmet. <laughs> good for him, man. Good him. That was awesome. That's a nice. Little That's the best helmet finger. I've seen all year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, you know, and I'm sure. I mean, I I did like uh, Sebastian Vettel's undershirt. Uh, that was uh, I didn't see it rainbow colored was it rainbow uh, earlier this year I can't remember oh yeah it was went. in Hungary it was in Hungary uh, because of uh, the crackdown on the yeah. LGBT community uh, in Hungary community in Hungary yeah. he wore a shirt so it's like good for them man yeah good for them stand in the middle and you know give them the middle that's, that's how you do it right is like if you want to protest man like that's how you do it is you go to it, a place yeah. right there and you're like you know you know this is a, the, a subtle but very not subtle it's mediocrely subtle middle finger it's, right? a, it's a nice middle finger. It's like, we'll take your money. Yeah. But we're going to say what we want to say anyway. Yeah. You know, if that's taking a knee, if that's wearing a helmet, whatever, we're going to, you know, point a light at whatever you're doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I speaking of terrible violations, all right, um, Qatar, part of the reason they do this, they had this GP, and part of the reason they even have a, had a MotoGP race, right, Um is they want to do what's called sports washing, which is the same thing that Saudi Arabia wants to do, right? Um, they want to be like, oh, look at all of our glitz, our glamour, and our awesome cities. Pay no attention to how we built it. <laughs> because we have a reputation, yeah. but we want to change our reputation from bad to, ooh, look, it's shiny and bright and cool. What, so kind of kind of like uh, what Dubai has managed to do to an extent, right? Yeah. Because when you think of Dubai, what do you think of? You think of... The skyscraper. Tour- skyscrapers, tourism destination, like freaking gorgeous, wealthy paradise. You don't think of the typical Middle Eastern thoughts, right? right? That's their objective. Which brings me to the fact that this track isn't achieving that objective very well because it's kind of a nothing burger of a track. They added some, uh, our, our 8,000 capacity 
was right, but it was a little wrong because they added some extra grandstands that were only available for sale, not on the Formula One site, but on the track website. So let's suppose they doubled it. It was still 15,000 people. That's nobody, which is why, by the way, Sorry, which is what? why, by the way, all the fans look like they're being held hostage. They weren't staged. They weren't planted. But when you have a grandstand of 100,000 people, you can point a camera and you can find interesting shots. Oh, yeah. When it's, when it's you know, 3,000 people in a single grandstand, just sheer numbers game, there's not as many interesting shots. So cameramen walk down and go, hey, you, you're in Alpine gear. You want to be on TV? Yeah? Okay, when this light comes on on my camera, I just need you to go nuts. And that's, yeah. ex- that's, ex- like, that's, yeah. literally, it happens all the time. It's happened yeah. to you, I'm sure, in, like, baseball games. It happens all the time. Uh, uh, not to me, no. I've never been that fortunate. But, but it does kn- happen. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why all the, now, you're not used to seeing it in Formula One, though, because, you know, there's 100,000 people at the USGP, so you can just plant a guy 100 yards away, 100 meters away, and tell him, I just scan the crowd and then zoom in when you find an interesting shot of like a kid in a Kimi Räikkönen hat crying or something. Right. Because you always will. Oh, for always. N- because of numbers. Anyway, so I think that this race moves to Doha because there's a 10-year commitment. I think next year they won't have a race. That's given because of the uh, the World Cup. But in 2023, this is a street circuit on the Doha Corniche. I showed you some pictures earlier I would expect this race to look quite a bit like a Middle Eastern Singapore race. Another town that has a little bit of human rights issues. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree. And the thing is, is that everyone will quickly forget how that was built. Because because they'll go, look at the lasers and the shiny cars at night. Yep. And all of the buildings look at so of, pretty. Look at all of the sugar. And realize that you want to come here. It looks really cool. And do not look too closely at our bill. Human rights? Human rights? Was like, oh, look, shiny. Keys. Look at the keys. Look <laughs> over here. Look at the keys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now that we as a show have registered our uh, distaste for the human rights uh, yeah, violations. Yeah, sorry. I can't fly to, to Qatar probably anymore. Yeah, no, no. Absolutely not. We can't go to Saudi Arabia. We can't go to the Middle East, period. We could probably do Bahrain. MBS will find us. We could probably do Bahrain. They I think. don't like journalists. <laughs> oh, God. This is so bad. It, yeah. Hey, you know, you know what? You know, funny enough, though, uh, is... Uh, Sometime in my future, I might have the opportunity to call some races in like uh, in Bahrain. They have a Bahrain and the UAE. They have two very nice drag strips over there. I don't know people in my profession who have called them. There you who, go. Who might be close to retirement? Oh, uh, that and they used to have one. I'm not sure if they still do uh, in like Finland. So like part of this part of show part would of me turn into a very interesting thing when you get muzzled. <laughs> Tim, I can't say anything. Please be respectful. I'm in danger, <laughs> but but that that is that is like a little a little checklist is like I would like to actually call a race in Abu Dhabi and Bahrain and Finland and Germany and you know there you go. Uh, Pro Mods actually invented for our for our across the pond listeners as we wrap up here. Pro Mods were invented in uh, Great Britain. That's a the Pro Modified Dragster class was invented in Great Britain. There you go. Yeah. If you'd like to employ Luke's services, please email him at at form at the Formation Lab at one hundred one ESPN dot com. There we go. Uh, and that is going to be it for us this week. Tune in again in next week when we find something else to talk about with Formula One, IndyCar, or anything open-wheel racing. Maybe well, some endurance racing. Who knows? We'll find it. It'll probably be like a news catch-up week. We'll have plenty for you. We'll have, we'll have shiny keys. We'll Look have plenty here. of shiny Look keys. Look over here. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we will be in a post-Thanksgiving meal coma. 
Oh my gosh, we will be so full good. on coma. So uh, Luke yeah. because he ate it all. Tim because he had to take a ton of insulin. So. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay, diabetics. Uh, so as we wrap up here, uh, I'd like to wish everybody, uh, Americans, non-Americans, a happy Thanksgiving. Canadians, you guys celebrated your Thanksgiving like a month ago, you weirdos. Uh, but hey, good for you. Yeah, good uh, for you. Wherever you are in the world, we hope you're well. We yeah. hope you're celebrating whatever holiday yeah. is coming up. And uh, do what we do here just for a little bit and just try and think of uh, something that you're thankful for in your life. and uh, Enjoy that sandwich. Enjoy that sandwich. See ya.